Welcome back to the Getting Buckets Podcast. I know I've been uh, gone for a while, and you know a lot of shit has happened recently in the NBA. And since we last recorded, the Bucks won the title. The Nets, some could say, collapsed in Game Seven. Uh, I've been pretty depressed about a lot of shit that's been happening over the offseason. I'm here with Jordan. David's not here today. Um, but yeah, we're just going to get right into it. So as we know, there's been a lot of drama surrounding the Nets in the offseason. You know, after they lost in game seven, a lot of people were either happy. You know, I was really upset. But recently, Kyrie Irving has stirred up a huge commotion because, you know, he is refusing to get the vaccine, saying that he's not actually anti-vax. He just wants to be a voice for the voiceless, which I will get into it in a little bit. I think is complete bullshit, but um, we'll get it. We'll get into it a little bit later. But uh, yeah, Jordan, what's your reaction to all the shit that has happened with Kyrie over the past few weeks? And what do you think is going to happen in, in the next month? I mean, I'm really not going to sit here and act like I'm surprised because this is Kyrie Irving. We've known that he's a very unique personality for a few years now. Like ever since his, since he basically got to Boston, he's he's acted like this since he requested a trade from Cleveland. Um, going around with Sage in like the opposing arenas, like trying to spread good vibes, stuff like that. Just very strange guy. And like just we knew he was anti-vax for a while, just hasn't been like confirmed. But now that he's you know he went on his IG live and said it himself. Um, I think of uh, like, I know it's getting a lot of attention right now, but I think he might not cave right away, but it's like sometime in the next couple of months, he's going to be sitting at home being like, I miss basketball. Like I miss this and that, like he's eventually, I think he's going to get vaccinated. Like if it's game one of the playoffs and Kyrie Irving isn't out there uh, and it's not related to injury, I'd be pretty surprised. And, and the fact of the matter is he is putting his career on the line right now. I mean, some could say Kyrie's Kyrie's career is in jeopardy over the, over this because over the past few stops he's been like you know untenable and and like people say he's destroyed locker rooms and really just ruined organizations and people would think that the leash on Kyrie is is starting to run out. You know, I personally think even after this, like he, I think he'll probably get onto another team. Uh, he's just too talented for somebody not to sign him. But, you know, that's a topic for another dis- uh, discussion. But so I just want I do want to be fair to, uh, to Kyrie on this instance. This would only be this is only a problem if you play for like five NBA teams. If he was on any other team in the NBA other than like the Lakers, the Warriors and the New York teams, um, he, he would be an inconvenience, but it wouldn't be, you know, a make it or break it. But, you know, the fact that. New York state has a policy saying that if you are like, you know, a player trying to play in the home games, you have must be vaccinated. So Jordan, what do you think it's fair for um, New York state to have this policy or do you like if the whole Nets team is vaccinated, do you think that he really does need to get vaccinated? Like what is your stance on it right now? I mean, listen, like, it, it would be a non-story. Like if you played in a market, like, utah or minnesota or something like that like people wouldn't care because they don't have those vaccine mandates out there and it's also not a big market like look at bradley beal like people obviously when he came out and said he was like basically anti-vax people gave him shit for it that day but after like 
three, four days, it kind of passed. And, like, no one really cares anymore. And now, like, the Wizards are just getting ready to play basketball with their whole roster because there's no mandate there. But Kyle's – I just want to do want to say real quick that Bradley Beal made himself like a fucking moron. Oh, like, yeah. No. He's, way more he's than idiot. Kyrie. Like, at least Kyrie's a moron as well. But at least Kyrie has, like, well-eloquent, thought-out points. Like, Bradley Beal just sounded like a fucking idiot. That's just my opinion. But I, I, I agree with you there. Um, the thing is, the thing with Kyrie, like, with Kyrie that bothers me is that he's trying to act like he's like one of many people in the NBA that's like this, um, when that's just not true. Like, ninety-six percent of the league is vaccinated. Um, in the five markets that you, the five teams that you talked about with these markets that have the vaccine mandates, every single player has gotten vaccinated except for Kyrie. That means seventy-four out of seventy-five players. Let's say fifteen to a roster. Seventy-four out of seventy-five. Kyrie's the only one that hasn't gotten vaccinated. So. He's not, this is not like uh he's like one of like seven or eight guys that has to miss time because of this. he's the only person and it's just really frustrating to see like he's acting he's sound like he's a voice for the voiceless and like he's and he's coming up with this like I'm I'm doing it because of the because I don't want to see people have to go through the mandate like no me and you we went to a Nets game last night we saw the Nets versus Timberwolves everyone in that arena was vaccinated. Um, and it, it was like comfortable. You could you would take off your mask. You could have drinks, have food, and like feel comfortable and not feel like paranoid all the time. And just knowing an area where every single person is vaccinated. And I, I agree with the rules. Um, I hope eventually that they find a way to make sure that the road players also need to be vaccinated when they come to these markets. Um, just because it doesn't really make sense. Everyone in the arena has to be vaccinated except for the road players. Like it's just very weird. So I hope that they figure out that relatively soon but uh yeah, yeah that, I, I don't I agree with it that rule is 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 weird that road players who are on backs could still play like i don't see uh how it was like an equivalent with um a home player not being vaccinated it's just like a little weird but whatever but yeah i mean i i do agree with you you know Kyrie, as talented as he is like this shit is just it's just getting annoying at this point. And he went on his IG live, and I think we don't mention it a little bit already, but that was a fucking shit show, his IG live. Like, I'll quote him a little bit saying, uh, you think I want to, you really think I want to lose money? You really think I want to give up my dream to go after a championship? You really think I just want to give up my job? Well, yes, by the actions that you have displayed over the past month, yes, it does seem like that is what you are trying to give up. Being a voice for the voiceless. I don't know if Kyrie should understand that the people he's trying to defend right now are the people who also want him to shut up and dribble. The people that don't want him to stand up for the Black Lives Matter. Those are the motherfuckers he's trying to protect right now. Which is why I think that him saying he wants to be a voice for the voiceless is bullshit. Because he probably knows who he wants to, who he's defending right now. I think he just doesn't want to publicly admit that he is an anti-vaxxer. Even though, like, out of all the people in the NBA who I would think as an anti-vaxxer Kyrie is the number one person that comes to mind just based on all this shit that he spewed over the past few years flat earth illuminati all that fucking bullshit so third eye shit yeah the same shit it's all that same shit so that's why I that's why I think his uh stance is 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 bullshit it's definitely not his genuine response and if if you're just an anti-vaxxer just fucking come out and say it you know he had people like Michael Porter Jr. say it Jonathan Isaac said it. Bradley Beal said it. Like, whatever. It's pretty obvious you're an anti-vaxxer. Don't try to hide behind being a voice for the voice is bullshit. It's obvious what you're trying to be. What do you, what do you think, Jordan? I mean, 
it's just yeah, you're right. He's he's basically the Kanye West of basketball. Like he has the people that are supporting him now are the ones that told him, like you said, to shut up and dribble. Like he's getting all these people. I'm not gonna name names. Um, but it's just it's just funny to see some of the stuff that's happening on Twitter. And then I also see some people comparing him to Muhammad Ali. Horrible like, comparison. It's Horrible it's comparison. terrible because there's a huge difference between standing up to imperialism and standing up to a vaccine mandate. Like especially a vaccine that's been approved by the FDA and the CDC. Like, what are we doing here? Also, I saw some fucking dumbass government representative tweet that, oh, they're not letting Kyrie get vaccinated, but they let Magic Johnson play with HIV. Shut the fuck up, you dumb bitch. That literally is not even the same comparison. Yeah, like fucking Magic Johnson was uh, spraying his fucking blood into all of his fucking teammates' mouths, you stupid fucking idiot. That's not even the same comparison. What the fuck? That was the dumbest shit I've, I saw all weekend, to be honest. That shit just makes no sense. But I also, Jordan, I want to get your reaction. You know, I just I, I want to applaud the Nets for not bowing to Kyrie. And, you know, there was rumors they may move practices to New Jersey to fucking uh, let Kyrie practice there or even, like, move the fucking – to play home games in a different fucking state, and then the Nets put their foot down and say, no, we're staying in Brooklyn. We're not going to let Kyrie jump in and out of the lineup. And it also was reported that Kevin Durant and James Harden were consulted on that decision. So I just want to say go on the Nets for not letting Kyrie bend their backs uh, backward. And I just want to get your uh, reaction on that. What do you think about that? you think it's uh, good for the Nets or bad? What do you yeah, think? I, I think it's definitely a good thing. Um, I'm all for player empowerment. Listen, like I watch a lot of like football and baseball too, where like player empowerment isn't as big as it there as it is in the NBA. And like, I especially love in the that. NFL. It's... Yeah, it, it's tough. But like there comes a certain point where with stuff like this, where the team has to take control of the situation. You can't let Kyrie come and go whenever he wants like, because what kind of standard does that set for the rest of the team and for the rest of the league, apparently? Like, maybe these more of these vaccine mandates come out for more more markets. Um, why? Kyrie doesn't have to get vaccinated. He can show up whenever he wants, but I have to stay home the whole year. Like, Katie and Harden also, apparently, I read a report that they were hesitant to get the vaccine, but they knew they were, they were going to have to do what was best for the team, so they got the shot. And they, it's called being a good teammate, being there. And, like, not only is Kyrie screwing himself out of money, he's also doing a lot of damage to guys who – took smaller who took shorter deals with less money to come play for a championship team like Nets who need a guy like Kyrie like you know him being in that lineup helps create more opportunities for them on the floor opens up more open shots you know can increase their percentages so he's screwing a lot of guys out of money too and like guys could have gone to maybe like let's say like someone like LaMarcus Aldridge or Blake Griffin they could have gone to Miami and gotten 10 million dollars a year instead of signing with the Nets for the minimum like they took money out of their own pockets to come play with this team and it's just it's kind of disappointing to see like Kyrie's not thinking about that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely sad. And also, I do want to get your reaction uh, to this, the Nets saying they're not going to offer Kyrie a max contract extension after this season. Uh, me personally, I say good riddance because I don't want to deal with this guy anymore. Like this guy is fucking crazy. Like honestly, I wouldn't be mad if we traded him to the fucking Sacramento for De'Aaron Fox. I would not even be mad. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's just my opinion. What, what what do you think? So I've always been a fan of the two superstars plus really good depth as opposed to like three superstars and really shitty depth 
just because I, I think it gives you more options. Like, obviously, if one star goes down, it's it's really tough if you only have two and then, like, you have to rely on the one. But still, at least you still have the depth. Um, if you have three superstars and then one one or two of them go down, you have really crappy depth. Like, what happens if the Nets never traded for James Harden and now they're stuck in this situation? Like, it's tough. Yeah, no, the James Harden, the James Harden trade saved this Nets era, actually, if you think James about it. James Harden trade did, did save them. But with when it comes to the contract extension, like, I I think I think it could change. Like on a day to day basis, like let's say, like I said, Kyrie could get vaccinated at any point. If he comes back and performs well, they probably yeah, exactly. do offer him an extension. He's, he's basically been a 50, 40, 90 player for the last three, four seasons. Like if you look at it from a cumulative perspective. And like last year, he actually did make it. Yeah, on, he, he actually so. did it. But like if you look overall since like the start of 2016, like he's put up those 50, 40, 90 numbers. Yeah. Um, so he's like, he's an incredible talent. I, like let's say he comes back. January, February, and he performs up to his standards. Like the Nets could change their stance, being like, "Okay, you proved that you you want to be here, that you are committed to the team, and we'll offer you these contract extensions." So I think it could change. But if he's gonna be stubborn like this the entire year, and it goes to the end of the season, he's still not with the team, and he's up for free agency. I don't see any reason why the Nets should bring him back. Well, yeah, that's uh, it's you know, you make great points. And now let's move on to another, you know, there's another little player saga that's going on in Philly. And this Ben Simmons, you know, everybody knows um, in the playoffs, they they collapsed last year. It was a bad look. Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers kind of threw Ben Simmons under the bus after, right after the season was over, which I, I thought was a really bad move. Um, ben Simmons, since then, he's demanded to get traded. And he doesn't want to play there anymore. And even he recently surprised the team by showing up because I think he didn't want to. He's been, I think he already gave up close to a million dollars in fines um, or like $800,000 or something that he missed, maybe more um, that because we're not showing up. So I think he showed up to get some cash, but it's still reported. He's not talking to anybody in the organization. He's been ignoring uh, teammates. Like he's just trying to dip, to be honest. But this is a kind of a weird situation because he has four years. He, he has four years left on his deal, so the Sixers can really just be like, "I, you can ask out all you want, but you are here for contractually obligated to play here for four more years, and they can just keep him in jail, technically jail, but he's in a great situation." So, what do you think about this whole uh, situation, and uh, how do you think it's going to end? He's really, he's really in jail making $30 million a year. Yeah, that's, that's why I said that, I said that, jail in a good jail. situation. That, yeah. that, that's a jail I want to be in. Um, but, yeah, listen, um, it's another, you know, player empowerment situation. Like, you you like to see the players take control of their destiny. Like, you know, they're the product, and they should be able to, like, basically command where, what the product is able to do um, on a daily basis. So, you know, if Ben feels uncomfortable – in Philly, like he should be able to to um, say he wants to go somewhere else. But the way he's going about it is just really poor. Like staying in LA and just not having any communication with the team whatsoever. That that's just really poor way to go about this. Like even James Harden, when he was frustrated with the Rockets, um, he was sh- he at least showed up like do press conferences. He went to training camp. He played in the preseason. He played the first few games of the season. He now, given he played like garbage, like you could see, he was he was basically throwing games. At least he fact, showed up. Man, he was at, at least at least he he showed up and he played and he got to where he wanted to go. Like you, you have to show if you want to, if you want that commitment from the team, you have to at least show that you're willing to 
be there every single day and play with the team until they find that right deal for you. Because I'm sure Daryl Morey is out there every single day talking to teams, no matter how high the asking price is. Like he's been in clear contact with Rich Paul and Clutch Sports um, every single day about Ben Simmons' situation. So it just it doesn't make sense to me why Ben Simmons is doing this. Obviously, it's a good thing that he came back to Philly. Um, I don't think there, any of the reasons that have nothing to do with the, with the team. It's more about just, like you said, losing the money and all those fines. Um, but I hope he actually – I hope he just doesn't sit on the bench the whole time. I hope he actually gets up and plays like 20, 30 minutes a game. He can put up some impressive stat lines and he'll boost his own stock. That'll really that, – that's the best way for him to get traded right now is because like, teams are pretty down on him with the way he performed in uh, Game 7 and just that Atlanta series in general. Yeah, um, I, I, actually, I agree. Like the you want to get traded, do what James Harden did. He – balled out in like the first couple of games where he played. I think he averaged like 45 points or something or 40 points in the first three games that he played, showed everybody I'm still one of the best players in the league, and then he shat the bed the rest of the way until he got traded. So that's what he probably should do, something along those lines. Show people, yeah, I played – I did shit in the playoffs, but I'm I'm still most likely on a Hall of Fame career arc, which is what he's off to. He's, all, he's a multi-time all-star. Multi-time all-star was so, I think all, all NBA one year. Like he defensive could player of the year final. He's like uh, he could probably make the Hall of Fame the way that he's going. Like on the arc that he's still very young, only four years into or four or five years in his NBA career. So he's got to just got to show these teams. I'm still a baller. Play, and he'll if he really wants to get out, and really just does not want to be with the team anymore, he will get traded. I'll just say, like, Ben Simmons' biggest enemy right now is Ben Simmons. Like, he's he, he he believes that he's LeBron James or that he's Giannis Antetokounmpo when he's not. He's Draymond Green. He's Draymond Green 2.0. I think That's he's a little bit he better is. than Draymond he's, Green. He's a, more, he's a more athletic, a supercharged Draymond Green. Okay? He's a defensive monster who is 6'10", can run the point, can rebound really well, has elite athleticism. Like, he's just – and there's nothing wrong with being that kind of player. Like he's definitely player better that, than Draymond, though. Yeah, but that, that player has a ton of value. That's why I said supercharged Draymond. It, it, that player has a ton of value in today's NBA. Like, if you put him on a team like Portland with Dame Willard and, like, you get, like, that Steph Curry, Draymond Green kind of action from their prime days, like, that's a really good team. But Ben Simmons has to stop pretending that he's LeBron James or he's Giannis and he can just go and bully everybody and then take a bunch of mid-range and – three-pointers when he's not even doing that stuff he can't control an offense that's not who he is he hasn't improved a single thing about his offensive game since he was in college he hasn't done a single thing that's that's really impressed me with his offensive game his defense is amazing he's he's i in my eyes he's the best defensive player in the league but it's the offense isn't there it's like nothing's really progressed in that area yeah no i agree uh yeah, it's he's he's a good, very good player. It's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what goes down in the n- next couple of months. So as we know, the NBA is is starting on the nineteenth, right? The first day of the season. So we're four days away. So let's uh, do some early awards predictions. So uh, Jordan, give your uh, predictions. We'll react to them, discuss them a little bit, then I'll give mine and discuss my discuss mine. So Jordan, start off. What were your predictions? Okay, so I want to start off from the let's start from, and we'll start from the bottom and work our way up. So I'll start with Rookie of the Year. Um, I'll go. I'll go with Jalen Green. Uh, I think he's an amazing scorer. I think he's he he's a guy who could average 20, 22 points right out of the gate. Um, he's going to be on a Houston team where he's going to get a lot of opportunities. Obviously, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, guys like that aren't there anymore. 
So, you know, he has a talented backcourt partner in Kevin Porter Jr., who I think could be in contention for MIP. Um, he was one of the finals for me in that area. But, yeah, Jalen Green's going to score a ton of points out the gate. He's going to be competing with guys like Kate Cunningham and uh, Evan Mobley for that award. So it'll be fun to see, but I, I got Jalen Green. Okay. I uh, I actually, when we get to my list, uh, I actually, I also have Jalen Green as my uh, rookie of the year. Um, even in, like, the summer league, you know, it is obviously summer league, but even in the game when Cade and Jalen Green playing against each other, uh, Jalen Green just looked way better to me. Um, he looked slightly more athletic. He looked like, I think he looks like he has a higher motor, not that Cade, Cade I mean, Cade, he doesn't play with a lot of emotion when I see him play. Like, Jalen Green really is, like, looks angry when he plays. Like, I, I he, he looked really good to me. So I think Jalen Green is, is going to win uh, Rookie of the Year as well. I agree. Jalen Green, the only thing that's funny about me to him is I was talking with you about this last night. Um, he plays like he was a second-round pick. Like, he talks like that, where he has, like, the biggest chip on his shoulder. He's like, I'm the best I'm the best guy in this class. We're like, dude, you were drafted second overall. You weren't taken, like, 50, 50 yeah. 53rd or something. I agree, but he is a man. He thinks he's it's, been one. But I agree with you. I agree. More- I agree. Listen, good for him. Like he has it, whatever motivates you, man. You need that in a league like the NBA where it's ultra competitive. So, you know what, it, it, but it's just a weird way to motivate yourself. It's funny to me. Uh, next up, I want to go most improved player. Uh, I had the Warriors Jordan Poole for this award. I had a bunch of guys where I, I really wanted to choose from. Like I said, Kevin Porter was a name. Darius Garland um, was another guy up there. RJ Barrett, I considered him too. Um but yeah, Jordan Poole, I think with Clay Thompson being out for the first few months of the season, he's really going to get a chance to shine next to Seth Curry uh, as, a, as a two guard. And he's he's been lighting it up in the preseason. And I think a lot of people saw this towards the end of last year where in the second half he was just shooting, shooting the lights out. And uh, he's been doing the same in the preseason. So I don't see any reason why he can't be an 18, 19 point per game scorer. Um, he's coming into, I think, his third year in the league, was a late first round pick just out of, out of Michigan. He, he's been fantastic for them. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do next to Steph Curry when he has his opportunity. Even when Clay comes back, he's still going to get a ton of minutes in this rotation. So, uh, Yeah, that's where we actually uh, disagreed a little bit. Um, yeah, Jordan Poole, I'm most improved. Uh, I, I don't see it happening. Uh, I don't think Jordan Poole is, go- is good enough to uh, – he's going to have to take a big jump. I personally don't think he's good enough to win most improved player. Um, he's a solid role player. I, I just, I just don't see, I just don't see it happening. Um, I could say who, who my, uh, my picks were. I had actually had two. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go, let's go pick by pick. So you give me your MIP now. Yeah. So I had two actually, I had Anthony Edwards and I also have Michael Porter Jr. So Anthony Edwards, we know we went to that next game last night and he looked really freaking good. I know it was preseason, but. He looks he looks stronger. Um, he's very athletic, as we know. He had that career-ending dunk on uh, Yuta Watanabe last season, where he, that guy's career he should just leave the NBA. You cannot play in the NBA anymore after that happens to you. But um, yeah, you know he was inconsistent last year, but most rookies are inconsistent. I think he will get better. He appears to be a future superstar. I, I mean, he looks really good. I think I think he may take the jump this year or. This year, I think he's going to win most improved, but if not this year, definitely next year. And then I got Michael Porter Jr., who, you know, he's just so talented. And even last year, he took a jump from Louis Rookie last year. But I think, 
I think this is going to be the year where he could actually average 25 points a game easily, especially with the fact that Jamal Murray is not going to be playing uh, for a few months. So I think that uh, he could he he's just so good. I mean, yeah, his defense is shit, but he damn he just he can score really well. He's like what six ten or something, six nine. He and he could as a really nice jumper. He's athletic. He the anti vax king. He uh, looks like he can Ma- get it Maga done. Porter. Yeah, Magna Porter. He no he. Well, what do you think about my picks? I, I first, first I want you to pick one. You know, I let, I love both those guys. I I think either one of them could win it. But you, you pick one. I, I'm I'm gonna go with Michael Porter Jump Jr. Spot. I I think okay. he's I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Michael Porter Jr. Okay. What do you think about that? I personally, out of those two, I would take Ant, but I I still like the uh I I I like the MPJ pick. I, I I know I sold you a little bit on Ant last night. I was typing. Yeah, but uh, I I just think that uh I think Michael Porter Jr. is gonna have the ball in his hands a little bit more. Um, without them all being on the it's floor, it's definitely fair. The, the Wolves have a lot of firepower. Yeah, the, they got D'Lo. D- who knows? You never know what's gonna happen with D'Lo. D'Lo, but Beasley, they still Melly Beasley, Cat, um, McDaniel's. Yeah, they got some good players in Minnesota. Yeah, they're they're gonna I, score a ton of points. That team. I, um, I still think they're gonna be bad, but who knows? Maybe they'll make the play-in or something. Who knows? So I'll give I'll give a little I'll give a little spicy take. I I told you about it last night, but you you didn't want to hear it. But I I think the Wolves. Are going to be a t- uh, they could be an eighth seed in the West this year. I really think it's possible. Um, but they have they have because, talent because of, but the thing is with the Wolves, they've always had talent. They've always had good players, but they they've never put it together. What I will say, Chris Finch does appear to be a good head coach. So very good offensive coach. Yeah. So everywhere he's gone, the offense has been great. So he does appear to he does appear to have the to have the makings of being a good coach. So. I'll say it's possible for them to make the play-in. I'm not sold on them being an AC yet, but I'll have to see it to believe it. All right, Jordan, what was your next pick? Yeah, so before before we get to my next pick, I just want to say on Anthony Edwards, I think I think he's going to be amazing. I totally agree with you. I think he averaged 23 points a game in the second half of last season on like 47, 48% shooting and like 38 or 39% from three. So he had – I honestly think he should have won rookie of the year. I don't think LaMelo Ball had enough games – um, I actually and, do. I kind of agree with you there. Um, yeah, like I just thought I, that I, they I, picked Melo because of the hype. Um, yeah, I, I got a little mad at Ant last year because he he was throwing shade at RJ Barrett, so I kind of picked Lamelo. But looking back on it over the summer and just looking at the numbers he put up um, in the second half, I I think Ant got robbed of that award. They're both going to be amazing, but I think um, Ant should have won. So let, let's get to my next pick. Let's go six man of the year. Uh, I got I got a little bit of bias here. My New York Knicks. I think Derrick Rose is going to take home the award. Um, I think you know he's going to lead that second unit. We, we saw what he was able to do with the Knicks last year, coming in and really uh, invigorating that team along with Julius Randle and RJ Barrett, providing a lot, a lot of scoring pop. They're going to have Kemba Walker uh, starting most nights. You don't know how that knee is going to hold up, so it could be that D Rose has to start some nights. But I think for the most part, he's going to be their sixth man, and he's he can be a guy who can easily average eighteen to twenty points per game. On, on pretty good shooting numbers. He's shown, and it like, you know, he lost a, a bit of a step in the last few years with all those injuries. So he started to shoot the ball outside more and he, he put up some pretty good percentages. So I think there's a chance he, he can, he can win that award. So he's going to be my pick. I actually um, agree with you on this. I do think wow. Derek Rose will win six man of the year. He could have arguably won it last season and he didn't. I do think he'll get it this year because um, we've kind of seen a mini career resurgence for uh, for Derrick Rose, and he's become a, a good uh, NBA player again. He's never going to be that 
the old D Rose that everybody knows and loves, but he has become a very good NBA player. He's improved his three point shooting by a lot. Um, he's just, still, got, just got engaged last night at, at, the night, at, he, at, at the garden. Yeah, I saw that. That was a girlfriend. feel good moment. He's never going to have that dunk on your head athleticism, but he's still very shifty, um, very creative under the basket. I do think the, um, people, a lot of people's heartstrings pull for D Rose. They always root for him. I, I do think this is going to be the year that he gets it. And I do think if he gets it, I think he's going to become like the second player in NBA history to win an MVP and a sixth man of the year. So maybe that's going to help him get into the Hall of Fame because as, as it currently stands, I I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I, I just don't think there's enough years. And maybe that's a hot take. I just don't think there's, there's a, enough greatness in there. I don't know what you think about that. but uh, So that, that, that could probably be something we can get into another episode. Um, but yeah, I think he, if he eventually gets to the point where he adds a championship to his resume, that'll probably boost uh, his chances by a good amount. But right, yeah, as of right now, I'd probably be in agreement with you that He's arguably a borderline guy, borderline. Edging, on, ed- edging on not getting in. Yes, I, um, I agree with you. Yep. But, yeah, so let's get to our next one. I'm going to go defensive player of the year here. I've got, I've got Giannis winning this award. Um, you know, he won, he won it, what was it, two seasons ago? Um, that's Yeah, that season coming out of the bubble, I think he was so impressive on that end. Um, the only reason he didn't guard Kevin Durant in that net series last year is because they had PJ Tucker and like numbers he, with PJ Tucker he, were he great. Was, he was getting uh, cooked too. He was so. getting cooked, but like you know, that's a specific matchup that PJ Tucker wants, and Giannis, you know, gave it to him. Giannis probably could have guarded KD if he wanted to, but um, you know, who knows why uh, exactly that that happened. But Giannis is such a dominant defensive force. He's the best two-way player in the league right now. Um, you could argue, like some people could argue, he's the best player in the league right now. Even though I know me and you both think it's KD. Um, but yeah, I think I got I got Giannis as a lock for uh, deep boy with obviously guys like Gobert and AD and Ben Simmons chasing him. I don't think Gobert. I think Gobert has been banned uh, from winning that award after after, <laughs> after what happened uh, in the after, Clippers after series. Reggie, after Reggie Jackson cooked him, I think I think uh, he, I think he's gotten he's he's officially been banned from winning Defense Player of the Year. <laughs> I think I mean he, he, uh, Ty Lue put out the blueprint on how to. He made him irrelevant. He he made him useless. He turned him into Tyler, a good coach making those adjustments. I told he you. turned him into into garbage in the play. He made him completely negative on the. That's the way the Clippers won the series. So uh, Gobert definitely not. But I, I got Anthony Davis as mine. Yes, uh, Giannis is a, a great pick. I'm not even going to dispute that. He could easily win the award. I got Anthony Davis. The only concern with Anthony Davis is how healthy is he going to be? He's been injury prone pretty much for every single year of his career. But he, at the same time, he's gotten very close to winning the award uh, as well. For pretty much all the years that he's been, he's been like a top three case many times. So I, I do think he's going to have a bounce back year. Um, but it, it is a little bit of a risky pick because he is so injury prone. But I'm going to pick AD. You know, he's he's also a really good defender as well. So that's my pick. What do you th- What do you think about that? Listen, man, you can't go wrong with AD. He's shown over the last two seasons that he can be a dominant defensive force. But the, the biggest problem, like you said, it's it's health. Is can he be on the? If he can be on the floor, guarantee me that he can play seventy five games next year. Um, I'd probably pick him like you for defensive player of the year just because of how much value he provides on that end. But I just I don't really see it. I think he's a sixty to sixty five game a year guy because there's always going to be little uh, dinks and bruises for him uh, throughout throughout a regular season campaign. So, I mean, it's, it's tough. I agree. You know, it's AD. You know, probably not the best pick. Um, to be honest, 
But I'm going to go with my gut here. I'm going to say he's going to get it done. Listen, there's nothing wrong with it, but I think the biggest thing for AD, it's not about, you know, and LeBron too, it's not, it's not winning those accolades. It's winning the, the big one at the end, and that, that's what the Lakers are going for this year. So uh, with that, let's actually let's actually get the MVP. All right. Um, let's put that. I'm going to put that vote in here. I had a really tough decision with this one. I, I went back and forth with uh, two guys, with Giannis and with Luka. Um, but I, I, I went with my gut. I decided to go with Luka Doncic. He's been averaging insane numbers over the last two seasons. I think something like 28, 9, and 9. Um, getting to the free throw line a ton. We'll see how those new rule changes affect a lot of players scoring. Uh, guys like Trey Young, Luka, James Harden. We'll see how, we'll see how it affects them. So, uh, but yeah, I, Luka, I think he's, he's been a 28-point-per-game guy. I think this is the year where he puts himself into like that 30-point-per-game region, which is tough to do. And not a lot of guys can average 30 in the league consistently. But getting into his fourth season, he's got that Supermax contract. Um, the Mavericks have been, you know, uh, you could say underperforming a little bit over the last two years. People expected more out of them to be a team that could at least get into the second round, and they haven't been able to do it yet. So I think this is the year Luka really just goes completely nuts and uh, make, make sure he's known as like a top three player in the league. And ha- having, I don't know how much, you know, Jason Kidd should emphasize the offense in here. Uh, I don't know how involved he's going to try to get Chris Porzingis. You know, he was mostly a spot-up shooter towards the end of his time with Rick Carlisle. So we'll see how that um, affects their game. But yeah, I think, I think Luka's got it this year. Yeah, I, I, Luke is a, a good pick. I mean, I do want to say it does seem like Jason Kidd has kind of calmed down the Kristaps situation a little bit. That's what it seems to be, at least from the outside. Um, Kristaps, I mean, it was a preseason, but he, he did look like he was more involved in the offense. Um, I mean, last season, towards the end of the playoffs, you got Kristaps was so uninvolved, he was just standing in the corner, which is a part of the reason why I think Rick Carl got fired. Um, but um that it is what it is okay Luca is a, a very good pick I have I got I have two people on on my uh for my MVP pick and I excuse me for my bias but I have either KD or James Harding winning the MVP now I know that sounds great it's crazy because they play on the same team but depending on how, how long Kyrie stays out which I do think it may be a few months listen I KD is a favorite to win MVP this season on a lot of people's uh, betting uh, books and all that stuff. Look, Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA. And the narrative, Kevin Durant is probably going to average close to 30 points a game. He's going to put up monster numbers with Kyrie being out. And he's just going to be Kevin Durant. Like, uh, he's just he's just too good. He, he's uh, I, I just love Kevin Durant so much. And then you got my second favorite player, for years, and now he's finally on the Nets. James Harden, who I think he should be at least a three-time MVP winner, in my opinion. Um, he only has one. I think that with Kyrie being out, he's going to put up monster numbers. I think he he may get close to averaging a triple-double. Um, even in the preseason, he had like 15 assists in, in the last uh, yesterday, in the preseason last night. So, but a quick, quick question though, how much how much do those free throw numbers concern you? He's really not getting to the line as much as he used to, and it's not it's not about like he it's not about him not getting foul calls. He's just not being as aggressive going through him. He's trying to be more a facilitator. It looks like so uh, I'm just wondering how that would affect MVP chances. Well, he has really tried to change his game. I know people like to hate on James Harden because he did foul hunt in uh, in in the rocket on the Rockets. I no one can lie. I mean, I enjoyed to watch it. I know a lot of people hate hated watching it. I thought it was awesome. 
Um, but he really has changed his game coming to Brooklyn. And I think he just plays a, a much more entertaining game to watch now. He really is a, a wizard of passing the basketball. And maybe it will affect his MVP chances a little bit, but I don't know. I'm sticking with my guts. If I had to pick either KD or Harden, I'm going to have to go with KD. Um, KD is in my is is a superior player, and you know there's always going to be that narrative around KD coming back from the Achilles injury so well. And I think this is the year where he's going to really have an amazing year. He's not going to have to worry about the Achilles anymore as much. It's behind him now. He's come back. Um, I just think he's going to be amazing this year. And that's my pick. What do you think about that? So I yeah, listen. Katie can win MVP. It's like LeBron. He can win MVP any single year. Like uh, people know how ridiculously talented he is. It's just about who. Like we know the MVP is a narrative-based award. It's who's going to have the narrative in the last six, seven weeks of the season. Like who's really going to have control of that? And we're we're just going to have to see. Um, I think why I I, ha- I know a lot of people are tired of hearing Giannis for MVP because it'll be three times in four years, and like that gets a little tired. You would have to put up just insane numbers. But I would listen. I saw the jump shots he was hitting. I know it's a preseason game, but his mechanics look so nice in that last game against Utah. It looks like he's getting back towards like his rookie year mechanics that a lot of people have talked about. He needs to, the release is quicker. He's, it, it, it's, it's, it looks, it looks so much better. And I, I think if he can get hit threes at a 34, 35% clip, which isn't like, I'm not, it's not asking for a lot. You're asking for a three, 4% jump, which is possible for a guy like him who puts in, you can see he's a gym rat. He's constantly working on his game. Uh, he's only 26 years old. So he, he's still, he's still improving every single year. So you could see that element of his game uh, coming up another level. So I, I really think it's possible, but yeah, like you said, Katie can win any single year. It's just about who's going to have the narrative. Listen, I don't think Giannis is going to, is going to win. Um, he definitely can, though, and uh, I don't want to overreact about the preseason game against the Jazz too much. I mean, he... No, yeah, he, listen, it's, it's, it's preseason. He was, he was five for eight on jumpers. It's not like he hit 15 jumpers. He hit five, okay? I'll, I'll need to see more. I need, I need to see more production. Yes, his, his form was a little bit better, but to be honest, his, his form was, was never the problem. I mean, you could see there was a little bit of a hitch in his jumper last year, but... I never thought his even last year his I never thought his form was bad. I always thought he had good form. Uh, I do not think he's. I don't think he's going to win though. But he he definitely could though. Can I can I can I give one sleeper pick before we uh Go ahead. sign off? I'm going to give. Ahead. I think a lot of things are going to have to click if this guy is going to win MVP. But it's 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 a real chance. I think Jason Tatum can win MVP. I just, I, I, I think, I think he's ready to take that leap. I really do. I, it's I, a, it's possible as well. I just, if the Celtics can get a top three seed in the East, I think it's very possible. I just don't they, see they, them. They, they, they have the talent to do it. I don't know. They're, they got some suspect players on their bench. I, I don't know. They got to I'm not that sold on the Celtics. They're, That's what I'm saying. A lot of things have to click. Like who, of, like, who are they guys, better? Who are they better than in the East? I mean, you obviously have the Milwaukee and the Brooklyn Milwaukee Bulls. Nets, Miami. Yeah. That's three. I mean, that, well, you, that's three. Honestly, I, I could see a world where where Boston finishes I, ahead of Miami. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I, I'm I'm a little bit lower on Miami than I originally was. Like I, I'm, I'm, I I'm a, when you're talking about depth, I'm a little bit. Sus. I think their depth is a little sus. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I like I said, a lot of things are gonna have to click for them for it to happen. But I th- I think Tatum's ready to take that leap. I could definitely see him. 
being in the conversation by the end of the year. No, I mean, just Tim's an All-NBA player. I mean, it's definitely possible. I, I'm i not as high as the Celtics on the Celtics as you are, but it's, uh, it's definitely possible. So uh, thank you guys for listening. This was a fun episode to record after a while. I'll try to be a little bit more frequent on here. And, uh, yeah, peace out, guys. See you guys next time.